boxing fans around the world thanks for joining me once again here on talk and fight for another episode of boxing news headlines courtesy of our friends across the pond at boxing247.com and i encourage you to join uh, their site and uh share along some of the news uh, that they've been sharing with us anyway let's uh, get on with the uh news of the weekend shall we say uh where we saw quite a few interesting and entertaining fights and controversial decisions and uh, with respect to the latter that's what i'm going to start off with Probably the most controversial decision I've seen in, in recent days, months, years. The fight between Richie Rivera and Badu Jack. Uh, by all accounts, Richie Rivera was in fact winning uh, the fight with Badu Jack. But had it not been for the timekeeper blowing it in the eighth round, giving Badu Jack an extra minute, um, he actually ended up winning. So... Uh, Rivera, who came up in weight nearly 15 pounds for the opportunity, was in control for the first half of the fight, finding home for his uppercut. However, Rivera fell victim to an inexcusable timekeeper error in the eighth round. For the first and legal three minutes of the eighth round, Rivera was in control and using his work rate to impress. As the on-screen clock counted down to 10 and disappeared, there was a noticeable lack of the 10-second warning. The round unimaginably continued on for an additional and illegal 58 more seconds to Jack's benefit as he forced Rivera into the corner and landed a heavy left hand followed by a barrage of punches. Rivera made it out of the inexplicable four-minute round with judges giving the eighth to Jack thanks to the additional time. So, yes, yeah, so that's an unfortunate uh, set of events for Richie Rivera. Uh, star boxing CEO Joe LaGuardia said, Richie was denied a victory and it's absolutely inexcusable. It's disgraceful that a round could go on for four minutes with the illegal extra minute swinging the, the outcome of the round and the fight. How does something like that happen on a stage as big as this? We'll be requesting a rematch and protesting the fight with necessary commission. We are extremely proud of Popeye for daring to be great separately we nonetheless congratulate Saudi Arabia on a huge showcase boxing event. Elsewhere on that particular card, we saw a Croatian heavyweight, Philip Hegovic, now 15-0, uh, who dug in deep and uh, that answered plen plenty of questions as he ended the undefeated record for July Zhang, who's now 24-1-1, to become the mandatory challenger for the IBF World Heavyweight title. It was El Animal Mena who said, uh, it was El Animal who started off brightly from the first bell, looking sharp as he threw out various jabs at the head and body of Zhang. Rigovic comfortably in the driving seat until his opponent showcased the power he has become renowned for. There's plenty of debate to argue whether the shot was through the back of the Croatian's head, but Zhang's shot forced the start of a 10 count. Rigovic continued with purpose, following promising moments in the early stages, continuing to hunt down opportunities to the body and head with punch combinations in threes and fours until an ugly clash of heads in the third round saw blood spill from the top of the Croatian's head. After the intervention of the doctor to check the gash, action was resumed with Zhang taking advantage of his slightly jaded opponent to land some shots of his own. 
As the two heavyweights entered the latter stages of the fight, the greatest episode became the moisture on the canvas. With time being stopped to try and manage the slippery nature of the ring, the end of the ninth dished out another reminder that, for all the activity of Rogovic, Jang still possessed a genuine threat as a vicious uppercut had the Croatian happy to hear the bell. Rogovic showed his warrior spirit in the championship rounds as he continued to shake off the blood and fatigue to continue to wear down the exhausted Zhang. With every question asked by Zhang, it was the spirit and output that would see El Animal finish on top. The unanimous decision win, the scores of 115, 112, 115, 112, and 114, 113, to secure a shot at heavyweight glory. Good for Philip Rogovic. Let's move along to another fight that happened to take place, I believe, down in San Diego. Former world champion Sergei Lipinets didn't fight like a late replacement. Didn't fight like a late replacement. Lipinets dropped and punished former world champion Omar Figueroa Jr. for eight rounds, causing Figueroa's former father, Omar Sr., to stop the fight before the start of the ninth round in the scheduled 12 rounder uh, WBC Super Lightweight Title Eliminator and uh, being held at the Hard Rock Live Seminole Hard Rock Hotel Casino Florida, Florida, sorry, my apologies. Hollywood, Florida, not San Diego, in a PBC event. A disappointed Figueroa announced his retirement following the fight. Uh, let's uh, see if there's any, I believe, yes, in, in another uh, bout that night, Alberto Puello and Bitter Achmedov produced one of the better and more compelling fights of 2022, but it was Puello who made history for his country becoming the first Dominican fighter to ever win a title at 140 pounds by claiming the vacant WBA Super Lightweight World Championship in the co-main event by split decision. Puello, who's now 21-0 with 10 knockouts, was able to handle the constant pressure of Akhmedov, who came up short for the second title fight of his career after he lost the decision to Mark Barrios in 2019. Good stuff. Um... Earlier in the evening, Hector Garcia proved that his dominant win against Chris Colbert in February wasn't a fluke. Garcia, a former Olympian from the Dominican Republic, dictated the action and survived a late rally to wrest the WBA Super Featherweight World Championship from Roger Gutierrez. The unanimous decision by scores of 117-111, 117-111, and 118-110. Let's see a quick little recap here. Yes. In the telecast opener, the knockout artist Brandon Lee dealt with serious advers adversity for the first time in his career when he was dropped hard by right hand in the third round. After rising and clearing the cobwebs, Lee relied on his boxing skills and savvy to capture his second straight 10-round decision against a tougher-than-expected Will Madeira at a super lightweight bout weighed at 143 pounds. Despite the knockdown, Lee was otherwise dominant winning by scores of 98-91 from a trio of judges. Uh, now he's improved to 26-0 with 22 knockouts, by the way. Lee blamed overconfidence on getting caught in the third. Fair enough, overconfidence. I love it. Uh, elsewhere, undefeated middleweight, Fyodor Shizhek-Zan, who's now 20-0, recorded a fourth-round stoppage over uh, Gilbert Benegas. Uh, when Benegas corner threw in the towel, uh, additionally, Atif Aberton, Won a six-round decision by scores of 60-54, 60-54, and 59-55 over Robert Burwell to improve a 6-0 with five knockouts, while Burwell dropped to 9-7. and seven. So there you go. Some good results out of Florida. 
Uh, and here's the uh, card I was talking about in San Diego. Uh, Emmanuel Navrate uh, warmed up. And when he did warm up, he defended his WBO featherweight world title with a six-round stoppage over Eduardo Baez. And that took place at the Pinchanga Arena, as I said, in San Diego. Baez is now 21-3-2. He's from Mexicali, Mexico. But he appeared to be on his way to a shocking upset until a body shot floored him for the count. Navrate, who's now 36-1 with 30 knockouts, was trailing on two of the three judges' cards at the time of the stop, which Will Wonkard had now ready ahead. And I think there's some other, yes, uh, make it 30 for 30 for Giovanni Santolin, a San Diego-born welterweight contender, improved at 30-0 with a 10-round decision over the previously undefeated Julio Luna, now 19-1-2. Um, it was a rugged affair, fought mostly in close quarters, and there were multiple head clashes. Santolin and Luna landed 150 power shots apiece, and Luna landed 22 more blows. Wow, great fight. Uh, a good one here, Ali Walsh. Uh, he stopped Reyes Sanchez nearly 50 years after his grandfather fought in the same venue. Nico Ali Walsh, Ali Walsh, six and zero with five knockouts, made an emphatic statement in a rematch against Reyes Sanchez. Ali Walsh, who struggled to defeat Sanchez by a majority decision decision last December, knocked out Sanchez with a left hook to the body in the second round. It was the first fight for Ali Walsh with his new head trainer, Kai Kuroma. Good stuff. All right, junior welterweight division. Dolfo Delgado is now 16-0. Uh, he announced decision over Omar Aguiar. Um, in a battle of unbeaten Mexican prospects, Delgado and Aguiar combined to perform one of the year's best action brawls. Delgado is a 2016 Olympian, bloodied Aguiar's nose in the opening round, but Aguiar's sheer pressure was effective. Delgado, however, turned the tide in the fourth round, Landing a counter right uppercut that stunned Aguiar, who held on and stumbled to move the ropes. The last half of the eight rounder saw Delgado use his counter punching to offset Aguiar's constant forward motion. When the final bell rang, the result was not in doubt, and Delgado swept it on the judges' scorecards in a career best showing. In the junior welterweight, sorry, junior lightweight division, Austin Brooks is also undefeated 8 0. A unanimous decision uh, over Oliver Galizia. Uh, the Southpaw hometown favorite, Brooks, dropped Galizia with a straight left in the opening round and cruised to a shutout verdict. In the junior lightweight uh, division, battle number two, Xavier Martinez is now 18-1 with a knockout over Alejandro Guerrero. Martinez bounced back from his first career defeat with a one-sided beatdown over former U.S. amateur standout Guerrero. Martinez found his rhythm in the middle rounds, stunning Guerrero with a counter-right and to the end of the at the end of the fourth, and in the fifth, an explosive flurry against the ropes prompted referee Eddie Hernandez to step in and stop the fight. Lightweight division: Miguel Contreras, 12-1-1, and a decision win over Josec Ruiz. Uh, featherweight division: Alberto Lopez knocked out Yason Vargas. The IBF number one featherweight contender lived up to his lofty ranking. With a one-sided stoppage win over Vargas, he landed a left hand to the body in the second that put Vargas down with a 10 count. And in the heavyweight division, Antonio Morales, 5-0, knocked out Khalil Carter. Morales overcame adversity for the first time in his young career as Carter scored a knockdown in the opening round. A sh short left hand started the damage, but Morales recovered and fought with a purpose in the second. Morales' combination punching stunned Carter 
who turn his back and force the referee to wave it off. So there you go. An action-packed weekend, but it would not be complete without reporting on Anthony Joshua and his absolutely classic meltdown after the judges' uh, scores were announced. As we all know, he, uh, among other things, uh, threw the belts uh, out the ring that were handed to Yusik after Yusik had clobbered him uh, and then had a tantrum. Uh, and that was after he stormed out the ring and then came back and grabbed the mic. I mean, realistically, Eddie Hearn from Matthew should have took that mic, should have settled down as fighter, should have escorted the anti-Joshua away from the ring. But no, it didn't happen that way at all. Anti-Joshua, who probably wasn't being understood at all by Alexander Yusek, who probably doesn't speak English, I'm guessing. Um, but anti-Joshua thought he deserved the victory, but he didn't get it, and he had a rant. He went on a big rant. You can read all about it elsewhere. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into too much detail. Uh, but believe me, uh, he pissed off a lot of people, including me. Uh, so we're not gonna talk about it anymore. And uh, but Yusik defeated Joshua. That's the main story. And uh, and realistically, we might now see Tyson Fury come back into the ring to take on Yusik uh, for all the belts. Let's see if that will happen by the end of the year. Uh, one more uh, new story here. Undefeated lightweight super rising star Ernesto Tito Mercado, who's 6-0, has an opponent for his August 25th date as he will square off against Alfredo Rodolfo Blanco, uh, who's from Pique, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Mercado versus Blanco is an eight-round co-main event that will take place at the hangar in Costa Mesa, California. It's a show being promoted by Roy Engelbrecht Promotions. So that's good news for, again, a lot of the fighting that's taking place uh, in California. Let me just have a quick quote here to take us out. Our plan in the beginning was to build Tito's brand in the Southern California market, said Ernesto Mercado Sr., who was the head trainer for his son. We've been blessed to have had all of our fights take place in the Los Angeles area. Right now we are free agents, which allows us to fight regularly on our own terms. Blanco is a durable fighter with lots of experience. And we hope to continue our path to a world title with another knockout. And there you have it, fight fans. Thank you for joining me once again here on Boxing News Today. All the boxing headlines bit the print. And it was a good weekend indeed uh, with lots of stories, lots of entertainment, and lots of tantrums. Um, remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. And we'll see you later on at 4 p.m. I believe we also have a 2 p.m. show featuring the Staffords. And uh, that should take us out for the day, 2 p.m., 4 p.m. Eastern time. See you then. Thank you.